0: Welcome to the hidden healing podcast. Thank you for stopping by to take a listen. I have a few questions for you. Did you grow up with a lot of adverse childhood experiences? Do you live in the toxic stress of fight or flight feeling constantly triggered by things that make you feel unsafe? Well, you're in the right place. Listen in as I share stories and lessons from my journey in healing from complex PTSD. Listening to this podcast will help you learn to retrain your nervous system so that you feel safe and experience fewer triggers, and learn how overfunctioning no longer serves you, and how the key to healing lies in your identity and your somatic recovery. I hope you enjoy this episode. Well, it has definitely been one of those weeks for me where my stress and anxiety was so high that. I have been unable to meditate. And last week, I talked about mindfulness and mindfulness meditation. But my question to you is, what do you do when you're unable to calm yourself enough to even meditate? This week was exceptionally hard because even as I was having the time to sit down and forcing myself to sit down and do the mindfulness meditation so that I could calm myself, I was not able to ever fully get into the meditation because I was so stressed and distracted. So stress is caused by something that is stressing you out like a stressor. So like you know that a bill is coming due and you don't have the money. But anxiety on the other hand is even after you've paid that bill and it's no longer there to stress you out, you still have that stress that is still carrying with you. And so it is is as if that bill was still there and needed to be paid. So that's what happened to me this week. I had a lot of anxiety because I started a new job. Last week was my first week. But in addition to that, I waited too long to actually get the job. And so I was really stressed about the bills that were all coming due. But in addition to that, I had this... It was just like the way I described it is my baseline stress was just higher than normal. So normally, let's just say I run around stressed out at a stress level of 3 out of 10. while my base level of stress switched up to more like a 6 out of 10. And so what that looks like for me is I yell a lot. I'm just very reactive, overreactive, and I'm just not generally a nice person. And so I could see that and I could feel it happening but I couldn't figure out how to stop it from happening, how to get out of my own way and how to be calm. And I was doing the things, you know, the thinking about it and trying to figure out what I could do or how I could do it, trying to reason with myself that the stress was imagined, that it wasn't real and all of these things. But nothing good ever comes from thinking about something. Nothing's going to switch or change. And that's one of the reasons why we have meditation. But since I wasn't able to do it, I had to find something else instead that would help me get my baseline stress. So, in all honesty, I am always in the process of retraining my nervous system, and I'm always in the process of trying to make sure that I don't go into dysregulation or into old patterns of uh, toxic stress. And so, For me, it's always a work in progress. It's an everyday thing. It's an every minute thing, making sure I'm living mindfully so that I don't get back into that toxic stress. And this is after years of work. Today, I want to talk about journaling. And so I just went over to my journal, which I have online from way back 2012, when I was still super depressed, when I still had a really foggy mind and was really depressed. And honestly, as I was reading it, my heart just broke for that girl. But my journal was there to help me. And that is one of the reasons that I wrote in it. And it wasn't consistent. It wasn't something that I did consistently. But whenever, you know, it's like whenever the teapot is just hot enough to start whistling, (laughs) you got to let off that steam. That's what I would do is I would go and journal. So it's something that I've done off and on. Um, When I've been really desperate, if you are probably like me, I'm guessing with complex PTSD in that we have this story that we tell ourselves that our friends um, don't really care for us or don't really like us, or we find ways to distance ourselves from them because we're afraid we're in that fight or flight and we are just terrified that something bad is going to happen, that they're going to hate us, that they're going to reject us, that They're going to do whatever the thing that we think is the worst thing possible. And so we separate ourselves from them. And when we do that and we don't have someone to talk to, then journaling becomes super important. And so that's where I was at at this time during this journaling time that I was just reading about. And one of the times I said that my stress level had gotten so high and if I didn't let some of it out. I was—I felt like I was going to explode. And in several of them, I had that same desperate feeling when I started writing. And so it brought a little tears to my eyes because now I can see with clarity how much I needed to retrain my nervous system, how dysregulated I lived all of the time. And I'm able to see the difference in how that feels and how that looks. And so in today's topic of journaling, I want to really acknowledge that whatever level you are at in your healing, your complex PTSD, journaling can be a true friend and someone that's unjudgmental. I say someone like When you go to write in a journal, it's a very non-judgmental space where you can share your thoughts and your fears, your hopes and your dreams, your worries and your sadness. You get to vent without anybody questioning you. And if you have a question that you want answered, and I think if you've been around for a while, you heard the episode about stop seeking validation from outside of yourself or answers from outside of yourself. And so if you are having a question that you really want an answer to and you start journaling about it, you will surprise yourself with how much you will come up with that you know about that thing or that you know that you actually have the answer to that and it can come out on paper. It helps you in that way with self-awareness, with learning about yourself and teaches you how to trust yourself. Um, It also helps process emotion when you're able to write them out. Our nervous system needs, our minds need to be witnessed. They need to be heard or seen, um, acknowledged. And so when we journal, it gives us this, which is why it can be a reprieve from all of the stress and the thoughts and the just the spirals that sometimes we put ourselves through. And so it really helps us to to declutter the mind and to manage our stress in that way. It is something that will help us develop new neural pathways and helps us speed up the healing process that we go through with our emotions and with the somatic recovery that we're trying to do. And it is really a complement to meditation. When I was um, journaling in 2012 and however long it was until I started meditating, I didn't, this was my only tool that I had. This was the big tool that I had to help me process a lot of my emotions so that I wasn't always just volatile in reactive mode and it helped me clear my mind so many times. And so it was it was something that made a huge difference in my life. And so now though, now that I also do meditation, um, specifically mindfulness meditation, I have also used journaling as a way of really processing emotion and energy in my physical body right now so that when I go into a meditation, it's more calming and I'm more able to atten- uh, direct my attention. So this week when I was having trouble with m- the mindfulness meditation, I decided to go ahead and journal about what was going on, what was inside of me. And this type of journaling that I did was called stream of consciousness journaling or writing, where you just start writing without any forethought or without any question, without a prompt. You just start writing down whatever comes out without judgment. And so this process that I do, and that is well known, (laughs) um, can really help you to clear off that top layer of the stress and the emotion. But remember how I said earlier that it helps you answer questions that you may not know. Well, incidentally, as I began to journal, I also found out that my underlying stress, that the biggest thing that was bothering me, like the bottom of the iceberg, not the top, the little tiny part that you see in the water, but the big part that was in the bottom was something else. And it was a conflict that I was having in my life. Um, with somebody else. And this wasn't something I was actively thinking about, or that I realized I was actively thinking about it. I was actively thinking about it. I just hadn't recognized that. And so it's really interesting that we could be thinking about something and not even realize it. And that is one of the benefits of journaling and meditation because sometimes we don't have a clear picture of our mind. Sometimes what happens is imagine a waterfall, a big, beautiful waterfall, and all of this water is just coming down. Well, what happens with our thought is that we can be standing under the waterfall, getting pelted by all that water or the thoughts that are coming faster than we can even acknowledge or realize. And that's what was happening to me. And so through this journaling, I was able to take a step back to behind the waterfall where now I can observe all the thoughts and I could see them without having to actually be in them and just constantly being triggered and activating these negative emotions and feeling dysregulated because now I was stepped back from the pelting water of the waterfall and just watching it all. And so this journaling that I did happened to be just beautiful timing because I had already spent several days not feeling well with the sinuses draining and just really checking out as much as I possibly could, not quite enjoying anything in life. Um, And so it came at a perfect time for me. And I was grateful that I had a friend reach out to me and remind me about journaling because, it's something that I do in emergencies, but it's not necessarily something I've made a daily habit for a long period of time. Um, there was a period of time when I did morning journaling, but I found it really hard to fill up three pages and to do them every single morning. And at that point in time, when I was doing that, I had not learned how to regulate my system as well as I have now. So it was really hard for me to be consistent at something like that. It is something I, I think I might try again in the future, but right now I have my hands full, so I will not use it right now in that fashion, but hopefully in the future I'm able to. So reading my past journals um, or journal entries that I that I was looking at before and seeing how my much younger self used the journal I could see the same process happening. I could see the stream of consciousness writing and I could see where my writing would switch from unloading all these things to answering some of my questions and, and really helping myself through my journaling. So it really is a very healthy thing to do that can help you at whatever stage you are, however you're feeling. So for each of us individually, we're going to have to look at our tools. I mean, We didn't all get complex PTSD from the exact same ACEs that were delivered the exact same way. All of our adverse childhood experiences were unique. And so all the tools that we're going to choose to use in our healing and recovery and retraining our nervous system and rewiring our brain are going to be different. So for some people, journaling may be something that you relate to, enjoy, maybe even have a habit of already. And so you will continue to use that as your main form of getting behind the thoughts and being able to to see them without getting just really drawn into them and dysregulated by them. Whereas for someone else, maybe meditation would be that process for them. And of course, there's all different kinds of mindfulness that we can do, including like if you're doing a walk in nature that really helps ground you and focusing on something specific, it can give you that same result of being able to see the thoughts without getting dysregulated by them. And so, what a beautiful way to retrain our nervous system. I am well into this healing process and. It is sometimes still gonna come up and really be hard for me and I'm gonna have a hard week and I'm gonna blame myself and then I'm gonna get irritated with myself for blaming myself because I know blame is not the answer and I know blame just stops me in my tracks. And so this recovery that I'm doing and this retraining that I'm doing is something that I have to do every single day of my life. And I might have a bad week like I did this week, but still when I get back down to it, when I'm reminded and when I choose to use the tools at my disposal, then I can get back on track, get back to retraining my nervous system and get out of the toxic stress that I learned to live in for so long that it felt normal. But now that I've recovered so much from it, when I get that way, I can feel how uncomfortable it is. And I think that that is such a beautiful place to be because you're able to see the growth that you've had. But how wonderful is it that I can take a look at my journal from 2012, which I don't do very often because it it can be a little bit triggering for me. It can dysregulate me if I really get into it. But I can look at it now, and I just took a brief glance, maybe five minutes at some of my entries, to see how much I've grown, how much I've changed. It's like um, tracking all of my growth, all of the mental process, emotional process, the healing, the recovery, the retraining, and it's all there so that when I'm ready to help somebody else, I could go back and remember, yes, this is what I did, or this is how much I've grown, and... I find it a beautiful gift to myself as well. I was recently listening to someone else talking about um, decluttering the mind and um, decluttering your house as a way to learn how to re-regulate your system and to be present in your own house. And one of the things that she said she did was she took all her journals and she burned them all. And it was like this. I guess they to her they had turned into clutter and they felt heavy and so she went out and burned them all and I can tell you number one mine half of mine are digital but even if they weren't I don't think I could ever do that. (laughs) What about you? Do you think that's something that you could do? Maybe in the future I'll have feel have um healed enough felt healed enough that that is something that I could conceive but for now I don't think I can. I want to end the podcast by reading something that I wrote in my journal in 2009. And I just thought this was a perfect one because of my connection with my stress um, and my body when I start sneezing. And I even forgot that this is how bad it used to be because it was a not just a gradual change, but even now, as it's a very soft drip, and I don't have to lay down at the end of the day or even halfway into it. So here it goes. It's called Emotion Tied to the Physical Body. That's what I titled it. I hate to think of the connection between body and emotions, but sometimes they are undeniable. For example, when I get stressed, I sneeze continuously. Or when my mom gets stressed, or too far out of her comfort zone, she gets migraines and vomits. There's my grandma who refused to deal with emotions and ended up with a great fruit-sized cancer in her breast. That one took 60 years or so to create. I wish they weren't connected, but they are. And today, my lip and face are raw from blowing my nose due to stress. My lips are cracked and sore. I wish I could stop the stress response I have. Do you have any undeniable connections? By the way, I learned my response from my mom. I did not have to, but I did. Sometimes I look back at what I decided to inherit and I think, why did I choose that? Subconsciously, I'm sure. So that was a journal entry from 2009. And it's interesting to see my journey with my nose and my stressor there. Um... And that's a perfect example of why keeping a journal is a good memory tool or track record or growth record for everything that you've been through in life and can really bring some, I guess, pride in all the growth that you may have had. So I hope that this helps you either consider to continue journaling. If you haven't tried stream of consciousness writing, Maybe that's something that you would like to try and see if that's something that helps you when you're super stressed. And if you have never journaled before um, and would like a journaling prompt, then reach out to me and I will send you a list of five really good journaling prompts that can help you if you ever feel stuck or don't know what to start writing and you just need a starting point. Thank you for coming back and listening to my podcast it really has helped me a lot. This week, we're going to hit 1000 downloads on the podcast. And it's really exciting to me because that means that somewhere someone is listening, and it's making some kind of difference in their lives. And I think that's One of the biggest things that I'm really looking forward to is letting other people know that they're not alone in how they feel with their complex PTSD and that it is possible to have a recovery, to retrain our nervous system, and to really heal our body so that we don't carry those traumas around with us anymore. I'm really excited um, for this mark of 1,000 downloads. So. We only need 50 downloads this week to get there. And so if you know anyone who would benefit from knowing this information, please share it with them. And I appreciate you very much coming back week after week. All right. I'll see you back next week. Talk to you later.